As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, on the road with Hoops Adjacent this week. I am in Ashburn, Virginia, because the Washington Commanders about to announce Adam Peters officially as their GM. So I'm here in front of an empty bookcase in an empty room. Hopefully <laughs> nobody will jump in. <laughs> I hope this wasn't Rivera's office. My man Jay Adonde is here. We're going to have Vinny Goodwill here from Yahoo in a minute. And we, there's a rumor that Marcus might join us. I am. I ain't all that sure. We'll see. Marcus big time in us this week, Jay. But I appreciate you coming on from Northwestern, the, the dean of the deans at Northwestern. And so we, we're going to talk about the Bulls. But you wanted to well, – let's talk about first, though, the um, the NBA put this report out finally because everybody was like, how y'all doing this 180 on load management? And they kept saying, we got data, we got data. And we're like, where's the data? And they're like, well, 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 well. And they finally put it out last week. Um, and they claimed that. Load management does not prevent future injury for star players. And the the uns, the unsaid thing was, so then you don't need to load management your star players. Now, look, it's an NBA study from with NBA doctors <laughs> and NBA PR people. So you can take it at face value, do whatever you want with it. Um, but I, I did listen to the call. I was on the call with the league's doctors about it. And, you know, it's it's look. It's a pretty rigorous study, I think. Now, I'm not an expert on that sort of thing, but it looks like they didn't just slap some numbers together. Like, they really did try to road test some of this stuff. And they also had the caveat, though. It said, okay, the, uh, you know, we found that the study showed that load management does not do anything to prevent injuries, but they also said, we're not saying it doesn't not help either. Right, 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 right. And, and also... We can't prove either missing, way. Maybe they addressed this on the call, David, was, okay, I would imagine they could show that it doesn't do anything to prevent, like, an acute injury. There's two types of injuries. Acute, which is something like, you know, you, you land badly and you right. properly, you right. tear your ACL, something like You're that. You're out for a while. You roll an ankle. That's an yeah. acute injury. A chronic is one that, that, you know, is an accumulation and wear and tear, and right. that is an ongoing injury. You know, you can't have surgery to repair it. Right, right, right. This didn't say if, if it does anything – to help or doesn't help 
One thing well, yeah, injuries, they right? did say they did say this does not cover people returning from injuries. They did say that so that they they look they know that there's a different ramp up for somebody that's coming back from an injury than there than there is for somebody that's playing and they're just getting a day off, right? Um, so it is different. They there was a lot of caveats attached to the report, you know. So it wasn't. I'll give them credit. They weren't saying this is a definitive study and this subject is now closed. And um, but what they still and I asked one of the doctors about this. What I still found kind of odd was for years, Jay, they said the science is clear on this. The science is clear that resting players helps. Like it wasn't, it wasn't ambiguous. It wasn't like, this is what we think the science <laughs> is. It was, no dog, the science says rest these guys up and they'll be better and they'll last longer and all the good stuff. And now they're just like, yeah, the science is wrong. Well, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned it, like who funds these studies matters, right? So in, in health and nutrition, we were taught the four food groups and the pyramid and all that stuff, right? <laughs> Right. For growing up, you used to see those posters and right, the right, right. materials, sure. all that stuff, right? Yeah. And then right. uh, maybe not so much. And add more it is, eat more vegetables, <laughs> maybe less meat. We we were taught for years, fat, avoid fat. We need low fat, this, that, the other. Right. Well, who was sponsoring those studies? The sugar <laughs> growers <laughs> and sellers. When it turns out, well, you know what the problem was actually sugar. Right. Fat. And we've been right. told for decades that. You got to have low fat. Well, actually, you need fat. You need to cut down on the sugars. Right, right, right. Vinny, Vinny's here with us now. So you were on the call last week. So we were talking about this. Like, it was just, I was just amazed, Vinny. Like, they, were, they weren't ambiguous about the science. For 10 years, they were like, nah, dude, the science says rest these guys. And now they're like, man. You know, you know what the science was? Media rights deals. Right, <laughs> That's right, what the right. science was. The science is we got to make this money and we right. got to show these media companies that y'all going to get y'all asses out here and play in right. random January and March games. I mean, that right. pretty much is the the birth child of the in-season tournament is to make games meaningful and to and, give more incentive the, for stars to play. play tournament. Sure. You, you know what I mean? Sure. All of that stuff. So yeah, it, it's ironic that the science changes once the money gets involved, right? You know what I mean? If so, you know, the other thing is, okay, you know, the, the ethos of say the 80s and prior decades, you gotta play all 82, you know, there was a lot right. associated with it and people took a lot of pride in playing 82. But Okay, if you play 82 for 10 years versus 70 for 15 years, right? What's a better it's return on investment for everyone yeah. involved, yeah. right? For the right. for the right. teams, for owners, for the fans, for the networks. So yeah, LeBron hasn't played 82 games every year. He's also playing at a high level <laughs> in his late 20 years and his 40s, yeah. right? Well, yeah. I mean, so well, here's, maybe well, here's there's some science to that. Well, the, well, here's the science. The science to that is, and you guys are older, so you guys will laugh at me when I say this. The science is if Magic didn't get HIV, he would have played well into his 30s because he sure. was a 36-year-old healthy and effective player. If Larry Bird wasn't out here doing jackhammers in his mama's driveway, he probably would have played, you know, later. Yeah, in, you Larry's know, back was jacked, jacked up. Larry's, Larry's back, back was jacked, jacked up. 
Uh, you know, so <laughs> I don't think that's basketball wear and tear from those days. Michael Jordan retired from basically sheer exhaustion the first time. Yeah. Exhaustion, scrutiny, all that. But even when he came back, he played 82 games all three of those years that not well, miss a did. game. To Jay's point, everybody played 82 back in the day. Everybody. Derek Walker played 82 games. You just did not not play. Like, And part of it was financial because you thought, they'll bring a dude in here to replace me if I don't play. You know, so everybody played, you know. There was pride associated to it, to be sure, but it was also financial. It was like, I got to save my job. Here, you know? Here's the and thing that I'm, I'm curious about, D.A., and you guys. They practice less than ever. They don't practice at all. They don't practice at all. They don't practice at all now. <laughs> like, the, you have manipulated the schedule so that the so you get more time between All-Star Weekend. Remember, All-Star Weekend used to be game on. Two days. Uh, yeah, right. It used to be literally Playing Tuesday. Days. Playing Tuesday and after and All-Star Weekend. <laughs> and yeah. you are back. Yeah. So with all these, it's almost like everybody has taken advantage of the quote-unquote load management sort of goose, and now the goose is fighting back. Absolutely. With the yeah, way that the sketch, the is fighting. That's a good way to put it. The goose is fighting back now. And my thing is, if the league didn't do the studies on load management, if they allowed the teams to dictate to them, that mm-hmm. here's the science. Because I don't think we've ever heard anything from league doctors saying no. that this is what the science said. It sounds like the league took the word of the individual teams and said, this is what happens. Why didn't the league in 2013? Because I believe that was the first they year. Said they had 10 years. Of, this is 10 years of data, they said. 10 okay. years. All right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're right. 2016, 2017, 2018. Y'all could have held up a hand and said, yo, 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 these numbers ain't, your numbers ain't jiving here with what you're saying. And they still yeah, try so, to give, you know, the other thing to give is, guys an out, too. Yeah. But right. we've also, we've, we've had this slow game expansion creep, you know, this subtle backdoor. So the first round of the playoffs used to be best of three. Right. Now it's best right. of seven. So right. there's a potential extra four games there, you know, four, four to five games even uh, added. And now with the play-in tournament and the in-season tournament, think about it, the Lakers and Pacers theoretically could play an 85-game season before they get to the playoffs, the playoffs. because they made the championship of the, of the in-season tournament. And right. if you play two play-in games, all of a sudden you're up to 85 games, then a best-of-seven first-round series. So, right. like, these extra games, especially if you have a lengthy games. career like LeBron, yeah. think of how many extra playoff games LeBron played with all those years of best-of-seven first rounds compared right. to, you know, what guys in the 80s when it started off best-of-three and expanded yeah. to best-of-five, you know. Yeah. So, like, all this stuff adds up. And I, that's the other thing I don't know if they address, and guys, you guys were on the call, um, you know, the, the cumulative effect. So – Okay, maybe in one season, playing 82 and not sitting out, mm-hmm. but 10 years of 82 as right, opposed right. to 10 years of 75? Right. You can tell me well, that doesn't they, make that it, – it's like, like an extra season, right? They did, well, say, I, I, they did say there was extra they, – they said there was – there was not – there aren't enough players over 35 for them to have enough data to be able to make a judgment on players over 35. So they're, that's why they're grandfathered in or out, depending on how you say it, of the player participation policy. Like there's, you can get exceptions for players over 35 because to your point, they've had more mileage. They have more mileage and they've played more games. So they don't, they aren't in that policy. Every team can make exceptions for those guys. Um, So yeah, no, I mean, again, they did not say there was, 
this is definitive. They gave themselves enough wiggle room. Um, but the inference was clear that they were saying, y'all can play. Y'all, this isn't going to hurt you to play more games during the regular season. Well, Which it, is convenient. Of course it is. Of course, here's the thing for me, because J.A. just brought it up about LeBron, and I asked the question of the doctors on there, and they said they don't have enough information yet. Jay, you're thinking of the back end of the games that LeBron has played in his career. I'm thinking about the front end of players with mileage on their bodies before they even get to the NBA because they're yes. playing AAU yes. games yes. and you yes. have all of and this. All doing is playing more a more ACLs, more Achilles at mm-hmm. younger ages. So you're coming in with this, you know, the health term that you see in all these different discussions, pre-existing conditions, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Pre-existing <laughs> conditions that teams will teams in the league will have to load manage. And secondly, to your point about if you're playing 82 games at 10 years or 70 games at 15 years, the way that the CBA has been structured for older players, if you are in that 30 to 36 range, you can get 35% of the salary cap compared to the Ricky scale in your first four years. And then that restricted free agency max, which is not a full max, Unless right. you like the Rose Max. So it's more incentivized for players to hang around longer on the back end because that's when the money gets really, really, really good when you're no longer <laughs> really, really, really good. Right. No, that's true. That's true. It is. Thanks it is. This, right, 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 right. You know, Reggie Miller, too, back in the day, there were guys that, that, that really made that over 35 contract more valuable, you know, because they were still playing at a high level. Right. So, um, well, let let me switch gears real quick um, because I wanted to get both of y'all on to discuss the booing last week uh, in Chicago, and I've I said this to to Dave, our producer. I just I have problems with it on so many levels, but it has to start with the Bulls themselves. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> Like, what did you think that people who weren't, who were kind of just presented with an option were going to do with that option? <laughs> unless you unless you gamed it a little bit and, and softened the blow, did some kind of way to introduce him earlier because you know what's going to happen. Now, there's two things that they, two things can be true at the same time. The Bulls were stupid and fans were a-holes. And I can't, there's no excuse. For, I don't want to hear it. From Bulls fans, oh, Jerry, stop it. Stop it. There's no reason for you to boo a dead man. None. None. Especially when his wife is there. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what what does that prove? And, you know, what happened to, to forgiveness and, and appreciation? Exactly. And this is like... I mean, you boo because you want to express your, your, your anger or your frustration. But it's also a hope that it will prompt changes, right? The, it, right. the same reason you, you complain to the manager, right? <laughs> right something right. will change right. about the experience. So by registering your displeasure, what's going to change? It, it, like the bottom line is he won six championships as a general manager of the Bulls. And so what good does it do you know, to, to say that, it's okay, you didn't like the way Jay, that that's he the did thing. it? It's okay. performative um, bullshit. You know, and so a lot of people say, well, you know, people are still mad that, that it ended early. They could have won seven or eight, you know, if he hadn't broken up the team and Reinsdorf hadn't broken up the team. Well, the thing is, this booing predates that. So I went back. I found yeah. a story I did in 96 for the Washington Post, Dave, in which the whole lead of the story was when the Bulls win the next championship, which they were about to, which, of course, they did. Um, are the fans going to boo Jerry Krause? 
right. at the parade right. and at the ceremony. And so this is something that was going on even while they were winning. Yes, yes. And, you know, you talk about who to blame. Well, guess what? A lot of the blame has to go with the players and the coaches, Michael Jordan, cool. Scottie Pippen, cool. Bill Jackson, who were very public about their, their mockery of yes. Jerry Krause and their willingness to portray him as the villain, even while they're winning championships. I, I tell you, as someone who lived in Chicago for a few years, <clears throat> and the specter of Michael Jordan, like the shadow, or he casts mm -hmm. a, a great shadow. He casts a shadow over LeBron James. He casts a shadow over even like someone like Isaiah Thomas. Like if you get mm -hmm. on the wrong side of Michael Jordan, some suddenly you become an enemy and resent enemy of the state. Enemy of the state. Yeah, you be, like <laughs> like if Michael Jordan has resentment towards Jerry Krause, okay, cool. That's him. That ain't you. Yeah. And right. secondly, y'all, this is the thing for me. Maybe it's just this whole Twitter, Instagram world that we live in, where people where civility, like what happened to just being not even saying like respectable politics. This ain't the shit I'm talking about, but just right. civility. Like right. time just, is supposed to heal. Just don't be an asshole to other people. That's all. You don't have to be nice to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody's asking you to give Jerry Krause a standing ovation. Nobody. I'm not suggesting that you do that. But this performative bullshit, I have to boo Jerry Krause because I'm a Bulls fan. What did Jerry Krause do to you besides deliver six championships six of them. to your organization, six. to your city? You know, like... You ungrateful motherfucker. That's what I want to say. You know what I mean? Like, come on, y'all. What's funny, Vinny, Vinny brings up the point that the specter of Michael Jordan, um, you know, I, I had had this thought, and I think Rick Morrissey articulated it really well in a co column in the Chicago Times where he basically said, blame Michael for this. But, you know, the fans wanted to be on Michael's good side. The media wanted to be on Michael's good side. But somehow the fans identified more with Michael than with Jerry Krause when the fact of the matter is, we all are much more like Jerry Krause in terms of athletic ability, right? <laughs> looks, but everything else, hey, stature, height. What, you know, this is what I've the, said in the, the average the, person is more right. Jerry Krause okay. than Michael but Jordan, right? Who who's going? Who are you going to root for in that fight? <laughs> you right. know what but I'm saying? Like, this was my problem. Identified better with Jordan, know, but right? This was my in part favorite. because they wanted to be Jordan. Jordan represents the aspiration. We we thought when. You could actually, you know, you're more like crowd. You can succeed, succeed despite yeah, your limitations. Nobody wants to think like, of themselves as being short. Everybody thinks they can be a millionaire <laughs> if they work really hard. Everybody thinks a million. Right. You can be a millionaire, right. even though you there's no chance in hell you can be a millionaire with incredible yeah. athletic ability and pathological competitiveness. Exactly. Like my, you can be Jerry Krause. You can't be Michael Jordan, and yet people thought be like Mike. I said it was the success of the be like Mike branding. One of the ways that manifested was yeah. people thought they could be like Mike. So I'm going to be team Mike here instead of team Krause. And well, it's kind of funny how we just, delude ourselves right. into who we identify with. It was, it was, it just, it was one of the things I could not stand about that era was that Michael Jordan, who's only the most popular, most charismatic, most famous person in the world at the time, picks a fight with a guy that can't fight back on any level. He can't fight back on any level. He's not as good looking. He's not as famous. He's overweight. He's bad socially. He doesn't trust the media. So there's nobody he can go to in the media to get his side out. And Jordan knew all of that. So this was easy pickings for him. <laughs> like, it was, like, you know, like nobody, nobody brings up 
Michael wanted Walter Davis, <laughs> you know, and that, and that didn't work out, you know. And so that the the things that Krause did, like get Scottie Pippen, like get Horace Grant, like get Bill Cartwright, like get Bill Wennington, like get Luke Longley, and build a championship team around you, get Dennis Rodman, get Ron Harper, get Steve Kerr so you could do it again, he gets no credit for because his job was to take shit for Jerry Reinsdorf. Who's the also, guy you really want to boo, but you ain't got the stones to boo him. You know, no, if you're mad, if you felt like the Bulls left championships on the table in the 90s, well, you know, Krause didn't retire on the eve of training camp <laughs> right. in 1993, coming off the three-peat when they probably would have won another right. one. And yeah. No, they won't go. Now, see, now see that's, that's where I quibble with both of y'all. Or quibble with you, Adande, because DA didn't say it. We ain't never seen four championships in a row. You want to know why? Because it's too goddamn hard to keep playing these games year after year. Go look at that 93 Bulls team. They were on fumes. You don't go down 0-2 to the Knicks, okay? Right? That They went down 0-2 to the superstar inept New York Knicks, whose second best player was six foot one John Starks, okay? But they went down 0-2, and they were tough and grinding all that, right? And then in the finals... They dropped two of three games at the crib. They went every game in Phoenix, but they dropped two of those games at the crib. And who knows what happens in the game seven in Phoenix. I still think Jordan wins, but you get the point. Same thing in 98. That Indiana team was really, really good, but they were not of Bulls caliber. The Utah Jazz team was the Utah Jazz led by the, the premier choke artist of all time in our history and Carl Malone. And had that gone to a game seven with a bad back Scottie Pippen, I don't know if Houdini himself could have pulled that out of the Delta Center. So to Never say know. that they to say or to to sum this up, y'all, Jerry Krause was reviled for breaking up that championship team. He saved Michael Jordan's legacy that we think about today. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. 
Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Well, and you mentioned that Indiana series. I happened to watch game seven of that series. Oh, that, that uh, game was in doubt in the last five minutes. Yeah. Jump and, and, but you know who carried them that game? Tony, Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc, who was yes. Jerry Krause's, you know, obsession. God. Yes. You know, he was yes. Jerry Krause's obsession to the detriment and the eternal chagrin of, of Scottie Pippen and others. Um, but it paid off then. You know, Jerry Krause's yeah. signing – Saved the Bulls season and enabled that three-peat in the last dance season to, to go on. So, right. you know, for if, if for nothing else than that game, there mm-hmm. should be depreciation for Jerry Krause. Yeah, and there's not. And, and look, again, I, I, I'm i going whoever to get angry together, Bulls fans. Y'all realize that, right? After well, I, don't I, said, I don't care. Yeah. They can tweet at me. You got you. I'm on Twitter. Tweet at me. Y'all were y'all were cowardly for doing that. Cowardly. Because it's based on nothing. That was 25 years ago. Ain't none of y'all that were in that building, <laughs> other than the very old people on the front in the front row who bought those tickets. Ain't none of y'all been a, were around when that happened. So you just performative booing because you watched the last dance, and you think, well, I'm supposed to boo Kraus. You don't know nothing about what happened, <laughs> and it's just so, it just annoys me. I, I will say, if, if you go back and look. Um, I highly recommend people, if you want to kind of know where a lot of this came from, read read a book called or read a magazine article in Sports Illustrated called The Sleuth by Rick Tellender, who wrote it. Um, One thing you'll marvel at is just, again, the candor of just just how disrespectful (laughs) Michael Jordan is in the quotes on the everyone's on the record. Right. It's no one. I get here's the thing. Go ahead, Jake. Finish your finish. Oh, just just everyone on the record. Um, You know, I think it started with 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 uh, the Jordan rules with Sam Smith's book, which right, was, right, you know, very right. anti-Krause, even as it was anti-Jordan, you yes, know, so yeah, it wasn't right, like yeah, it took right. Krause's side over Jordan. Right, like he, he, Krause he was not the hero of that went book, at both right. of those guys. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, that's where a lot of the, the, the Krause stuff was first brought to light. And then the sleuth was really the definitive portrait of, of him and, and what was going on and how the team felt about him, even as they were in the process of winning championships right. collectively. Now, I know where Jordan's antipathy toward Krause came from. It was the second year when Jordan broke his foot Mm -hmm. and he wanted to come back. And Krause reportedly, this is Jordan's version of it, reportedly said, you are Bulls property and we'll do what we want with you. And from that moment on, he was like, we're done. (laughs) You and I are done. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. 
I'm not asking Michael Jordan to love Jerry Krause. He can have whatever opinion he wants to have of Jerry Krause. This is not really about him. It is sort of, but it's not really about him. It's more about people 30 years removed from it, thinking they have to act a certain way because they were told to in a documentary. You know, and so when you know that this is a celebration of those teams going into the ring of honor for the first time, you could have five seconds of reflection and go, you know what, maybe I don't need to boo tonight. Maybe I'll just be quiet or I'll golf clap. You know what I mean? Like, who? why do you have to go, I'm going to show y'all, ah, ha, ha, Jerry Krause, ah, we're going to boo you because it make me feel good. To your point, Vin, like, I don't even, it doesn't even matter if Thelma Krause was there. It would have been nice for you to think, maybe I shouldn't boo him with his widow here. But even right. if you didn't know that, you could have taken five seconds to go, you know what, maybe this is not the right time for me to do this thing that I'm supposed to do because I'm a fan. You uh, know, I just, it just really bothered me. I'll tell you this, two two things. For one, I don't know if you guys know this, but since Joe Dumars left the Pistons and it was bad at the end, you know what I mean? He and Tom Gorsuch see eye to eye on a lot of things. Yeah. And he had yeah. won a lot. He has not been back in that building since 2014. Right. And I don't blame him. They've had bad boy reunions. They've had a reunion of the 2014 that he built. And when you look at what Chicago did with Jerry Krause, I don't know how Detroit would actually react to Joe Dumars walking into, you know, the Pizza Pizza Arena. You think they boo him? I don't have faith in it. I don't have – look – the Detroit Lions want a fucking playoff game. Crazy. I don't know what to believe that anymore, y'all. That is crazy, man. I don't they know. They booed a dude that brought you a chip and <laughs> got you in six trade conference finals? Yes. I, I, I would not be surprised. And secondly, and this is what I've told Bulls fans, and they hate me for saying this, the only – Michael Jordan and Jerry Krause are the only things separating the Chicago Bulls from being the New York Knicks, and that is not a compliment. Because look at what they've done since, right? Right. What? One yeah. conference final in 25 years and the right. third largest market. And you've had Derrick Rose. You've had Jimmy Butler. You had a cup of coffee with an older Dwayne Wade. Like they've had some players there and they haven't been worth a damn in the 25 years since. They should be applauding Jerry Krause because, hey, at least we had somebody. He might not have been quote unquote likable, but he knew how to build a damn good basketball team. He built a really and, good you know, he did it twice. Jimmy. Is you know, and, and Dave, he, he talked about, you know, whether or not his his, his widow was there. It, it still should have mattered, but I, I, it did take on effort, extra significance because she had to endure that. Sure. Uh, but now I was thinking, wow, this is really about feelings, right? Where where mm -hmm. the, the the story is about somebody felt bad, but then I realized sports are about feelings, right? <laughs> like, yeah, why do you yeah. why do people invest? Why do fans invest in this? Because the feeling that you get when your team wins is so great. And so ecstatic. So yes, feelings matter. So even in this case where the, the the person at the center of it is is no longer with us, you know, the memory matters. You know, why, why do we immortalize people? You know, why do we build statues to people? Why why do we put their names on buildings? Right to to keep the memory alive, so that we'll we'll have fond memories of them. So things like that, feelings, memories, those things matter. And and just to turn it, spin it into a good side, Vinny. I don't know how you guys felt. But man, it felt good to see the Bad Five together Isn't again at the Michigan game great. this weekend. That was great. I'm for, glad for, they did that. For you all were, the, you know, some of the stories I'm talking about, <laughs> it, just, it just 
warmed I'm glad my heart they did this bridge. I'm weekend. glad they figured out a way to do that. I'm that whoever, is my, however, I'm glad that you got like I, I said on Twitter yesterday, like when Magic and Isaiah made up, like that hit me a certain way. Yeah. That was like your uncles. That's like yeah. your two older uncles getting it right. Yeah. The fat five have both of them right. at the barbecue. You know why? And you know, and then and <laughs> And, and you know but the I mean? Five like, getting together, Chris and Jalen, like Detroit's crown jewels, those are like your yeah. older cousins that you got to choose yeah. which older cousin you hanging out with. Like there's exactly. been times where Chris and Jalen have been in town and, okay, which one am I going to meet up with or yeah. hang out with? Am I going to yeah. meet up with Jalen yeah. or I'm going to meet up with Chris? Right. And, and you feel like, and I'm not in their inner circles in that way, but you feel something. And now you, mm-hmm. you feel like you have to choose sides. Yeah. And that just felt yeah. so that, that like made divorce parents sides. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad they. I was so glad they. They. I hope it's for real. I hope it's forever, because that's bigger than all of y'all. You know what I mean? Like I get the individual beefs. I wasn't there. You can have beef with whoever you want to have beef with, and that's fine. But the Fab Five is bigger than everyone than all of y'all. In terms of the the impact, it's bigger than all of y'all. <laughs> You know what I mean? Nino Brown. Speaking of Nino Brown, man. No banners, right? They, uh, you know, they they never won a championship together. Um, but yeah, the cultural legacy of that team, and and w- which will be unmatched. No college right. team, and I'm not saying they Ever. they mattered the most out of ever. Right, but right. They were the last to be that significant. You know, right. coming on the heels of the UNLV teams. You know, coming on the you know about a the half a decade, a decade after the Georgetown right. teams. Um, you know, obviously you go back to UCLA teams, but like, or even the, uh, the, uh, five slam and jam teams, but like, we're never going to see a college basketball team with that type of cultural imprint again, just right. matter that much. And so cultural imprint. Yeah. Absolutely. So the, the fact that, that they can gather collectively and we can celebrate them together matters. And, and it reminds you, you know, the cross booing overshadowed what really should have been the bigger story that the sadness that michael and scotty pippen can't be there. in the same room together you can't right. truly reunite those yeah. 90s bulls especially the only two who were playing on all six champions right 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 we can't the most important the two together and celebrate yeah. what they accomplished together yeah. well, I, right. well, well i don't know if you guys heard this but i heard this a couple of days ago that michael was actually scheduled to come and mm. something came up that i'll tell you about offline but that basically they they tried to figure out a way to make it so that he could be there and not that he selected the state, but that right, that right, was right, right, right. One of those things. But obviously you got to see he's got to you got to check with him first. Sure. Right, right. And and for yeah. the I, I feel like over the past couple of months, we've had reminders about monoculture, about reminders from the past that do not exist anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deion Sanders for the first few weeks of college football, everybody stayed awake till 10 p.m. to go watch right. that dog right. shit Colorado team right. because we were so <laughs> obsessed as a culture with prime. Like I wasn't buying into it, but I understood how compelling it was. And then you got this whole Jordan thing. And now you got the Fab Five, a team that they lost championship games to a team coached by Dean Smith and Mike Shashevsky. Right. My bad, y'all. A lot of teams lost to teams like that. I, I like, and people want to brand them as losers. They beat a lot of those teams. A lot of teams make two national those, championship games. Well, championship they games. do the same for the Bills. They do the same to the Bills. You know what's you know what's funny, y'all? I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was like, they made four straight Super Bowls. <laughs> You know how four how straight. good you have to be to be in four straight Super Bowls. I mean, look at the Eagles. 
You know, the Eagles couldn't even come close to back to back. And these dudes made four straight. Four straight Super Bowls. Damn, what a great team. (laughs) Speaking of NFL, it it took me about 24 hours for it to hit me between the time I first read it and, and when I woke up this morning, like, Bill Belichick interviewed for a job the Falcons interviewed Bill Belichick the notion of Bill Belichick having to go and through black a ass job Atlanta is that what you're saying wait are you saying are you saying Bill Belichick interviewing or Bill Belichick interviewing in black ass Atlanta which one no, I'm <laughs> just the notion of having to interview for a job period if, if I'm Bill Belichick my interview response consists of I'm putting on my six rings and right. I'm just spending the whole time tapping my fingers together like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. I would just, just I would just I would have just checked the six all the bling bling. This I just is, checked the six Lombardis. These six rings right here, big boy. Exactly. What you got for what, me? Exactly. That's, that's What's the, the first question? question? What do you think Ar- Arthur Blank's first question to Bill was? <laughs> you know, Where can so you start? Bill, Bill, tell us about your qualifications for this job. When can you start? Like that, that's the that's the interview question. No, the no, the, the question is what? How did you pull off twenty eight to three? That's the question. <laughs> that that's the that's twelve I mean, was that dude. That's why because twelve okay, was like, that dude. Oh, but I'm going to say something unpopular here though. Chuck Noll never coached after the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? When he was done, yeah. Uh, Tom Landry never coached again after Jerry Jones fired him. We don't know. Like, if you're Bill Belichick, you don't have nothing else to prove. No, unless you just no. But I think he wants well, to coach. That's all. A That's he all. clearly wants to get past Shula, right? right? Yes, he wants to get yes. the all-time wins record. Yes. Was it fifteen and games? He's you got do have something to prove because, like, Tom Brady had nothing left to prove, but he sure went to Tampa right, Bay right. and proved <laughs> something, right? <laughs> right, and, right, right, and right, right. And in the process, I don't think this was his, his intent. Or his primary motivation, but in the process, he kind of, you know, <laughs> soured the legacy of, of, of Belichick did. just he a did. little he bit. Did. If you look you at so? how their guys so? careers went, absolutely he did because he went one one without him. No, he went I, to a nondescript Tampa Bay team and took them to a Super Bowl and won it. Absolutely, a, that's a big deal. Of a, course, a, it is. I, see, I look at it differently, and I know this ain't a football podcast, but I'm I'm gonna try to it's show a little acumen here. Adjacent for a reason. Vin. Okay, go there on. we go. <laughs> I I'm a Michigan fan. I know what Tom Brady looked like. You know, when Tom Brady was in college and his first yeah. few years in New England, he was no superstar. Those first two Super Bowls, Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady. He yeah, was a he game man. Tom Brady, though. You know what I mean? He became he threw he for 125 yards. Brady. <laughs> he threw for 125 yards in that first Super Bowl against the Rams. That was a defensive masterpiece. And you guys brought up the, the, the Buffalo Bills Super Bowls. Who was the defensive masterpiece in the Giants upsetting the, the Bills in what was that? Uh February of 91, right? The Whitney Houston, the flyover, the, the all that. Was, that was Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Look, he's great. Bill Belichick's great. He, doesn't he might need be to done, play. but I, 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 I still think his legacy can stand alone outside. You know, his of legacy Brady. is is secured, but I'm not saying his legacy has. He, he needs to burnish that. I'm just saying I think he wants to coach the Jays. Point. He wants to break Shula's record, and he wants to prove that he still got it. That he's still a great coach, and that's why I will be surprised if he goes to Atlanta because I don't know that he can win. Can he win in Washington? Immediately? No. It's not going. He wouldn't come here. That's not going to happen. (laughs) No, No, it's just because he wants he wants a certain amount of control over personnel, and they just hired Adam Peters, so they're not he's not getting that. So I don't 
But it's know. interesting, Vinny, because Landry, Noel, Shula, you know, they didn't have those that Brady type component, right? You know, if if Terry Bradshaw had gone somewhere else and right. won after after splitting with Chuck Noll in Pittsburgh, right, I right, think right, that right, changes right. it. Right. right. If Roger Staubach goes somewhere else and wins, you know, after parting with with Landry, I, I think that changes it. Um, you know, we, we, we first of all, we never saw anything like the success of the Brady check. Brady check. Brady check. That's good. I don't know why we never refer to them as that. That's but, good. You know, we That's never good. saw anything like the Belichick Brady combination. <laughs> But, you know, this split, too, in the, in the, the final chapter that, that Brady was able to put on. It's funny. I always tell people, you know, I, I tell my students to kind of look for the little moments that are telling. And um, I go back and I watch this sometimes. You can watch the full game replay of the, uh, the Super Bowl when they beat the Chiefs. And mm-hmm. Brady, so, you know, I think Mahomes throws like one last interception. And, you know, this is it. The, the Bucs are going to win this game. There's like two minutes left, but at right. this point, there's no doubt the Bucs are going to win this game. And they're getting ready to huddle, and they're gathering up. And Brady, who's about to win his seventh, looks more excited than anyone else in the huddle who's about to win the first. He starts going, yeah, 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 yeah. He's all <laughs> hyped and pumped up. And I'm like, that's why he's got seven. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted it. So, it meant so much to him to win seven, more than it means to most people just to get one. That's why they're maniacal. The great ones, the greatest ones, maniacal. Like Jordan, to put a bow on this. That's why Jordan and Pippen and those guys, because they did. It wasn't just. It wasn't enough for them to win. We don't have to do that. Okay, no, no, I get it. I get it. Obviously, Michael was the was the bell cow, but Michael didn't just want to win. He wanted to destroy you. (laughs) That's That's logical. Wanted to destroy you, (laughs) like you know. And so that's why he was Michael Jordan, because he what winning wasn't enough. <laughs> Even no, beating you wasn't enough. I, w- I want to say this: Did y'all get the same feeling? Because I saw Michael in like some comments that he made after Magic prematurely retired, mm-hmm. and he said, "I needed." He said, "Magic was leaving me when I needed him the most." And you know what I heard in that? I need to beat him in the finals I again. I need yeah, to exactly. crush him again. Exactly. That's what it felt so, like he was because saying. I'll, because at the time, I only got two and Magic's got five. No, he only and had I one. Need to, I, he only had well, one. He only had one. Right, right, yeah. right. That was his first. And I need to I need to beat him so that people put me in that category with him and Bird. Because at the time, it was Magic and Bird. One word, Magic and Bird, Magic and Bird, Magic and Bird. And they both <laughs> talked about how much they needed each other. How much they were driven by each other, you know. Right. They were staring across the continent, eyeing each other, and had no eyes for anyone else in the NBA. Nothing else in the NBA mattered other than this guy in Boston is, wanted to beat this guy in LA, and the guy in LA wanted to beat. And the guy, the guy that beat all three of them the most was the smallest one of all. That's all I'm yes, saying. Yes, he was. I'm gonna leave y'all with this because we gotta go. But my favorite, one of my favorite things of all time, if you saw the Magic Bird HBO ses- uh, special, what was it, The Courtship of Rivals, whatever it was yeah. called, it's like my, it's one of my favorites of all time because they asked Bird after after they win after they win in '84, they beat Magic in seven, they beat the Lakers in seven. They asked Bird, "What did you think? What were you thinking about Magic at the time?" And he went. I was so happy he lost. It was great. I wanted him to suffer. I wanted him to think about how he played bad all summer long. <laughs> he didn't have a smile on his face at all. 
was like maniacal. Fantastic. So, my, my favorite part of that documentary was maniacal. Magic. So they, they they get into the duality of Magic versus Irvin, right? And and yeah, and yeah. The, the split personality that he had, and you know they kind of make the premise that Magic did in Irvin. You know, Magic was the more reckless one, and the 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 yeah. one that in in you know kind of engaged in the 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 ego. I get you know the yeah the, yeah. And but so you know, Magic basically got HIV. Irvin didn't get HIV. Magic got HIV, right? right? And so they they throw this to Magic, and Magic basically says, "Yeah, I, I can see that, but you know, without Magic, I wouldn't have five championships. So it's all good." So basically, the part of you <laughs> that, that caused you to get infected with this your, your tragic the flaw, the thing that makes you great, was worth it. <laughs> Because it brought you five championships. I mean, George, That's how pathological you have to be to win that number of yes. championships. Yes. You have to be yes. willing to engage in potentially fatal behavior. I was, and it's Jay, worth it not, to you. Jay, you don't mind Jay. because it makes you and, a five-time and, 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 and I look at those 91 finals and I'm like, as slow as Magic was playing, I'm like, Magic might have had HIV that entire series. Maybe and was still doing like 19 know. and 12. And carrying a dog crap Lakers team to the finals right. that year, Jay. We're going. We have to. We have to stop now. But I'll just remind you: we had dinner with somebody who's in the Hall of Fame that says it'll take you to some dark places. Be <laughs> willing to go to dark places. <laughs> All right, y'all. Leave that five star review on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, wherever you get this fine American podcast. Marcus isn't here, so I'll say it for him. If you can't leave five stars. Keep it to yourself. We'll find Bulls fans to boo you for no reason. <laughs> Out.